Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Emma Project Podcast. I'm your host, Wen Xin. I do one project a year, hence the Emma Project. Since 2016, I have dived into Italy, minimalism, sociology, website, diet, bullet journal, faith, and art. Join me on my annual project 2023, which is podcasting, where in this channel I will talk about my annual projects since 2016. Additionally, I would also cover topics such as career, relationship, travel, finance, lifestyle, and everything else in between. So sit back, relax, and join me exploring life via my annual project. Let's go. Hi everyone! Welcome to another episode. So today's episode, I hope, is going to be a more light-hearted one. I did record on a more heavy-hearted one, but I don't think I want to publish it this very week during Chinese New Year. So let's see how this episode goes, and it's going to be about traveling, specifically solo travel. Right. So traveling. It's kind of an annual project for me as well. Definitely before the pandemic, I see it as a year, like within a year, where I can go, how much I should save up this year, where do I want to tackle? Is it somewhere Western or somewhere Asian, somewhere nature? Usually somewhere nature. I don't really fancy city travel for now. Yeah, so I have been very lucky for the past couple of years before the pandemic that I was able to solo travel, and of course, pandemic halted everyone's travels plans, including mine. So I just here want to like remember, reminisce some of my solo travel experience, and just emphasize that everyone's travel experience is very unique, and the same goes to mine as a female solo traveler as well. Okay, so I have four solo traveling experience I could share. The first one was in Australia, twenty fifteen, when I was twenty three years old. That was my very first solo trip, and it was driven quite impulsively. So I have a semester, which is around six months left until I graduate, and I needed to leave Australia for good. And I'm like, I traveled a little bit. But I haven't seen the bulk of Australia because Australia itself is huge. So I thought, okay, I have one last summer of three months holiday. What should I do? So I thought of doing this crazy around Australia trip by land for six weeks. So I thought, okay, I could do the bulk of it, and just before I leave Australia for good, I can consider I well traveled in Australia, and I wouldn't say I. Did but probably quite did, but it's also the surface because I didn't manage to tackle each place in a longer time because six weeks is also not a very long time. But come to think of it, it's quite long. Was it really six weeks or four weeks? I couldn't remember. So it started off in Melbourne. So I so actually the solo experience in Australia is divided into a few parts because a few different parts of the solo portion. Gives me different experience. So the first one was in Melbourne. There was a national park that I want to tackle. Um, I really like camping, so I was prepared to go to this national park, and I connected with a Greek man, middle-aged man, 
that who would like to do the trip together. So there's a lot of all this travel partner kind of arrangement that you can either, not to say hitchhike, but more like you can travel together. Hence, it's called travel partner. I know it sounds a little funny, but yes, there is such thing that is facilitated by just an advertising um, website. Not really advertising website. It's like, it's Gumtree. So it's like you can post that, oh, I would like to search for a travel partner to go to Melbourne for four days, or I would like to travel from Canberra to Sydney on this date, like a ride-share arrangement. So that's where you can post your ads on this website, and then people will come and text you and all. So I managed to find some agreed man who is willing to drive to do this camping trip. And I should have trust my instinct that so-called solo experience with this travel partner didn't it wasn't a very pleasant experience, but nevertheless, I was safe. But throughout that two-day, one-night, I think I was very worried for my safety. I didn't feel secure. I didn't feel safe at all. But eventually, it taught me a lesson in a way to trust my instinct. So that's one part. And the second part from Melbourne, I traveled to Adelaide and Perth by car with an Australian lady who was relocating from Melbourne to somewhere above Perth. So again, with the same website on Gumtree, I managed to find this lovely lady and we spent four days doing the crossover, which is actually really crazy. Because four days to cover that distance, it's a lot. I think we drive on average six to eight hours a day. But I, but I got a chance, you know, to drive her car as well that itself is quite an experience driving an Australian highway road trip so we still discover some of the attractions along the way places that could only be seen by traveling along the highway so that itself was also a good four days experience we did wild camping we did wild camping what else did we do um I think I saw some wildlife had a lot of um, funny story along the way as well. But it was a very good time with the lady. And then when I landed in Perth, I was alone for, I think, around three days, checking out the city for Christmas. It was a beautiful city. I was, I was surprised on how much I love Perth. Then after that, with the same method again via Gumtree, I met an Australian man who was going back from his hometown to where he was in Darwin, Northern Territory. So it was supposed to be a 10 days or 7 to 10 days road trip as well. And we traveled for a good 6-7 days. But I thought, um, oh, I think in between we had some very dramatic experience as well. Our car broke down in the minor road. Minor road means it's not in a highway or a major road. But it's really by the side. The car broke down. And there wasn't a car passing by for two to four hours. And we were just literally too far from the highway as well to get help. But eventually, a car passed by and towed us into, I think, his home state. And when we were being towed in the car, my travel partner back then asked me, have you watched this movie called... Oh my God, I forgot what's that movie. Um, the movie is also like talking about a serial killer in the Australian um, highway. Yeah, so it was the same scene that it would, their car was being towed into 
the zone and um, in, in the movie of course um, it wasn't a very it's a horror movie but for us it turns out to be magical like one of the best happening during the trip is that I met um, I mean it was a homestead with a lot of animals it was just us there was stars across the sky at night there was a very beautiful beach just us as well so that turns out to be a very beautiful experience then we continue our journey after um, he fixed his car then somehow I wanted to do a shortcut so I say goodbye to this travel partner and I hopped onto another fella's car wanting to cross over to Cain's which is like a beach destination across Queensland or so, something like that. So I did hop on to someone else's car in between, ditch the original travel partner. Then what happened was, it's also a very dodgy experience. These people were driving really fast overnight, like probably 150 to 160 kilometer per hour, speeding overnight across the highway while I was trying to catch some sleep. And they have, I think they're probably hunters because they have guns, like rifles in their car. But they're, they're decent people. So um, I actually tried on the rifle as well. I took a shot. Of course, I shot on a thin air. And the rifle was really heavy, as I remember. Then again, don't know what's wrong with me, but the car broke down as well. And this fellas left me in a town. And he never come back to me. And I was so lucky that my previous travel partner picked me up again. And we continue our journey back to Darwin. So things happen when you solo travel. And of course, in the manner that I was traveling, things happened. So when I was in Darwin, same method. I found a travel partner, an Italian guy who was traveling down to Gold Coast, which is my final destination. And again, we embark on the journey. And it was nice. Um, I think, again, it was quite a dramatic journey as well. The highway was flooded and we needed to cross the flood. And his car is a very low sedan. But we just managed to cross it. But in between, there were a lot of memories as well. We did a lot of wild camping. We just camped overnight in like a deserted camping. We had New Year's Eve. We cooked in a car. Very good Italian food. And that's there. Italy was inspired as my annual project 2016. So that was quite a six weeks trip. It's not solo solo, but it's solo by myself, by me finding different travel partners along the way. So that was pretty crazy. I mean, bad things couldn't really happen, but I really count my blessing that things were all fine. And then the second trip that I could share is when I did Italy six months after in 2016, when I was 24 years old, and it's actually my graduation trip. So in 2016, I did Annual Project 2016, hence when I was choosing destination for my graduation trip. Naturally, I chose Italy over New Zealand. So I have a month to spend there before I start work. And Italy was a natural choice. I went there and I knew that I would do road trip via public transport across different states or cities and I did couch surfing for my very first time. So from it's mainly driven to save money or and also for experience sake. 
remaining to save money, and I've met quite a number of hosts. Like most of them host accommodation. Some of them are just like day hosts that we have a walk around the city, or we share a meal, or we went to check out an attraction. But that itself, the whole couch surfing experience, it's quite, it's very interesting. Um, of course, the couch surfing website as well also is very helpful to help you to screen hosts and people that you get to meet. But even then, um, there are also situations that arises. There were situations that I got uncomfortable with my host. But again, you just need to set your boundaries. You need to keep yourself in a safe-ish manner, even though sometimes you are in someone's house and it can get difficult. But then again, people generally do respect boundaries. But yes, that one month in Italy was also very nice. I got to cover each state quite extensively, and I get to see this beautiful country, and it has become my favorite, favorite, favorite country, and it's a country that I really want to go back. Such beautiful nature. So I think the biggest highlight for this whole trip is really experience couchsurfing in a different manner, and on each state as well. I get to discover the attractions on a much deeper level because I was hanging out with locals. And I was also learning a little bit of Italian, so that always become a nice conversation starter. It never lasts more than five minutes, but still decent enough to have a conversation. So the Italy one was really nice. Then the third solo traveling trip was to Sri Lanka in 2018 when I was 26 years old. So I only can take two weeks off. Even two weeks, it's quite a privilege for a corporate life. So I took two weeks off. And the funny story about this is actually there was a screensaver on my work laptop. And once I saw that attraction, my jaw dropped and I said, I really need to see this place. And this place is Sigiriya Rock, Sri Lanka. And this Sri Lanka two weeks trip is probably my favorite trip so far. Because firstly, there wasn't any dramatic thing happened. Yeah, I don't remember much and things were very smoothly. Sri Lankan people are amazing. Um, it's also a very affordable country to travel around. Food is amazing. And that solo trip, I met a lot of Sri Lankan people, again, via couchsurfing as well. And we do some travels together, some hiking together. Some I even share a trip together to this beautiful glamping spot. Oh my god, I miss that place so much. Then, um, yes, this trip, I get to do a lot of things as an experiment as well. I remember I was experimenting to be a pure vegetarian during these two weeks. And I was also practicing zero waste or less waste as much as I could about like um, taking away food in my own container and my own plastic bags and packing my own snacks as well. So that trip, I get to test out a lot of different kinds of travel. But in a way, Sri Lanka is so beautiful. I did so many hikes. Like, it was a two-week trip, right? I remember I was just looking up at the stats. I actually did 13 hikes over these two weeks. Of course, there's short hikes. There are also long hikes as well. So that trip was really nice. I really hope to go back to Sri Lanka one day as well. And then the last solo traveling experience was Italy 2.0 in 2019. So yes, I do vow to go back to Italy every three years or so 
So the second trip to Italy, I have only around 10 days because it was just supposed to fulfill my promise to myself. Um, I don't think I have much to share. Uh, the bulk of it, I sh- did it solo. There's probably just three days I spent it with a friend. So for that bulk of seven days, I didn't go for couch surfing because I think I just really wanted... Well, actually, I did couch surfing. Yeah, but only just for one city. But the highlights for that trip is definitely Cinque Terre. I was hiking by myself for four hours across four lovely towns. And imagine hiking on a mountain by the sea. Wow. Even though I have no one with me, I remember I was feeling so happy during that hike because you're just surrounded by such beautiful nature by the sea on a mountain and hopping into like colorful towns over towns. So I remember that was also very memorable. But that trip I remember was not an easy one emotionally. Um, not so much on events that happened as in unexpected things happen. I think um, it was just me reuniting with my friend. It was a very emotional episode and then um, needed to like level my emotions during this solo trip was something different, which I'll share a little bit more in the next two parts. Okay, so that's the wrap up on my solo traveling experience. I probably go a bit too long on that because I just get so excited talking about my solo traveling experience, right? So whenever I share people this experience, I always get very proud and very happy because I just felt very accomplished that I managed to do this. But of course, it's not always rosy, like I said. Um, but it's just becoming a very quite an accomplishment to do in my twenties. I don't know if I have the energy or the courage to do it, to do this kind of traveling in my 30s or 40s or 50s, but let's see how it goes. So I want to take the next part to share about the good part of solo traveling. So the first part is I do, I wouldn't say everyone does, but I do attract and connect with the locals or people a little bit more when I solo travel. So as compared to when I travel in a group, which I did travel to New Zealand with two lovely girlfriends, but as compared to when I'm traveling alone in those four trips, I actually connect with more locals easier because people tend to want to come to you when you are alone and especially when you are a female. I think people just want to come and check, oh, if you're okay, are you traveling alone? Are you okay? That kind of thing. So I'm grateful for this experience that I get to experience something very different by traveling alone. Then um, the second plus point is everything will be going according to your preference. So what I mean by that is like your itinerary, your accommodation choice, your restaurant choice, your transport mode, your budget will be solely your preference. There is no need to compromise. There is no need to adjust, of which it can feel very nice because you get to choose like the food that you want. You don't need to be like, oh, but I don't feel like eating this again today, but because my travel partner wants to do it, then I'll follow. So solo traveling does give you a lot of all this flexibility. And if this very day you want to wake up at 7 o'clock to do a hike, you could. And if on that day you just want to lace around, you could. But usually I do not lace during trips because that's not the point. 
Okay, and the last bit and also the most important good part about solo traveling is you do build up resiliency, independence, and on-the-spot problem-solving. Because you are thrown into a foreign and unknown environment by yourself, sometimes you don't speak the language, and sometimes things happen. I mean, like day-to-day life, bad things happen. Um, uncontrollable things happen. And you really just need to be strong, stay strong, you're on your own, so you're independent, and you just need to find a way to solve the problem. So that happens to me on multiple occasions in my solo travel experience, and some of it are safety, some of it are financial, I lost my wallet, and some of them are my SIM card wasn't working, and and it happened in Italy, of which I don't speak the language, and I don't have data, because my SIM card is not working. So, but... I guess I face each problem pretty calmly. I'm definitely very uncomfortable. But in a way, it did build up my independence and on-the-spot problem-solving, which I do appreciate. Then, the not-so-good part about solo traveling. Well, whatever the good part that I share is on the flip side, right? So if I say that everything is in your preference, like accommodation or food, and it does mean that when it comes to accommodation and food, the cost wouldn't be economical for a solo traveler. Because if you want to get a one-bedroom, you're unable to share the cost. If you want to go to a restaurant and try different food, you can't. So sometimes solo traveling costs can be slightly higher because you just don't get to share accommodation. So I think some of my options, I go for a bunk bed in dorm. But of course, that would mean sacrifice your comfort and some of your sense of security because you're sharing beds with or you're sharing rooms with strangers so that is the flip side on solo traveling it may not be the best budget friendly arrangement and then there are also times that loneliness hits you because there's no one to share some things when you really want to either a picture with someone to take a photo for you or a good memory, a good observation that you want to share, that it just isn't someone. So it does get lonely sometimes, but what I realize is I tend to go to my Insta stories a lot. So I do share a lot of my live trips during Insta story because I think that helps me to feel connected to people. And I think I did that a lot in my Sri Lanka trip. I was very active because that two weeks, I think it helped me to, in a way, feel connected to some people that I know of. Some some were active. I don't think people were actively messaging, but it just feels like, oh, nice, I get to share this view with someone. That kind. So that's like my solution in a way. Then the third bit is, yeah, sense of insecurity. When you travel alone, you are alone. When bad things happen, like I told you, I got my wallet stolen in Italy. I, I, I have a passport with me, but I lost like the cash that I needed to survive in the last few days of Italy. I traveled with someone dodgy in, in two occasions in Australia that safety-wise really could have been compromised. My SIM card is not working and I needed to take a bus to a big mall 5 to 10 kilometers away from the city without data. So I was relying on an offline map and also talking to the bus driver and also the 
telco or the telco's retail assistant with my very limited Italian as well. But I navigated myself through those and got my SIM card fixed. So I remember the Italian retail sales assistant was really helpful. She was like, oh, calm down. I'm not going to charge you extra. I'm just going to activate this for you. And I was trying to understand what she said in Italian or with a limited English that she has or the very limited Italian that I have. So yeah, so there are not so good part about solo traveling as well. So then here comes solo traveling post-pandemic. Um, I think the essence of solo traveling or what you need to do when you solo travel pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, it, I don't think it changed. But I felt maybe traveling in general post-pandemic would change a little bit. I haven't experienced it, but I reckon maybe regulations is a little bit different, a little bit annoying to navigate or prices prices has have gone up a little bit more, maybe not because of pandemic, but because of the general inflation went up. So I think that is not so much of a change of solo traveling pre and post pandemic pandemic. Then um I felt that maybe I wouldn't be as confident now if I were to solo travel because it just felt like my skills have gotten rusty. Because it does test certain skills like your sense of self-awareness, your sense of direction as well. So I felt three years of not traveling and not traveling solo. I'm not too sure if I'm as confident as back then. Like back then, I'll be like, I'll just do it. I don't care what issues comes about. I know I can solve it. Right now, I'm like, hmm. But I think that comes with age. So when I was solo traveling for that four trips, I was between 23 and 27 years old. Right now, I have different travel needs. I, I think I want a little bit more security. I would probably still do backpacking, but I just wanted somewhere a little more comfortable, a little more safe. I may not do bunk bed sharing in a dorm room, but I might. So all these are needs that have changed according to age. So I don't think post-pandemic would change solo traveling largely. Um, I'm not on couchsurfing website anymore, but I might explore it back. Um, I'm connected with my couchsurfing hosts in Italy and in Sri Lanka, and someone reconnected me with someone who is traveling from Sri Lanka to KL, in this very moment, so I might be doing some offline hosting as well. So let's see where that goes. So that's mainly like the sharing about solo traveling. So there are just a few last more things to share. What really goes through my mind when I decide on solo traveling or when I actually solo travel during the trip? I think it was really driven by I was young. I just do it. So all those trips that comes to mind, I never doubt a lot about, oh my God, would it be safe? Oh my God, would something bad happen? I just really want it and I just go for it. I felt com- comfortable. I didn't need to get anyone's approval. So I just went for it. But of course, there comes a second point is when you pick a country, you do your own due diligence. So like today, when sometimes I share my story about like Australia Outback or Sri Lanka, they 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 do have the perception, oh my god, is it safe? Oh my god, why would you choose those two countries? But for Sri Lanka, I definitely did my due diligence uh, about like, is it safe for a female solo traveler to go? 
for Australia, it was quite an impulse. But generally, it's quite safe, I believe. <laughs> so pick a country and do your own due diligence online and check whether it's safe, what are the travel modes that you'll be t- taking, what are your accommodation, how is the accessibility to attractions. Do your own due diligence and decide for yourself is that country somewhere that you feel comfortable to do a solo trip. And my style is I would also research on a few more things and have a rough itinerary. So just to know like what are the transport options, what are the accommodation options so that you know how much to budget. The exact what and how are no longer something that I plan it to the T already because with experience, I leave a little bit to spontaneity so that I can leave some freedom to plan. So that at least when you're in a foreign country, in an unknown environment, you at least know where you can go if things don't go right. So if let's say I needed to escape from my couch-sipping host, at least I know, okay, I will Google and or go on booking.com or agoda.com to quickly get accommodation or within walking distance, I can get to a hotel, but it will be very expensive. So just to have the comfort that, yes, there will always be a backup plan by doing a little bit of research that helps. Then this one tip that I really learned when I solo travel is trust your instinct. There are multiple times during those solo travel experience, my instinct was telling me something is not right. But I'm like, okay, I'm already here or I'm already saying yes to this travel partner. It was difficult for me to just say no back then. I was quite a people pleaser. Sometimes I am still. So, but trust your instinct. I mean, your instinct does tell you more stuff sometimes. And when you travel as well, again, you're in a foreign, unknown, and speaking a language that maybe is not a native language, you do need to trust your instinct a little bit more. And then... When I solo travel, I believe I update my family from time to time. I'm not very good at this. But I think every other day or every time I reach a destination, I would update my family. Okay, I'll be here for, I'll be in Milan for three days and da-da-da. So I think I do this. I better go ask my mom if I actually fulfill this part. But yes, I would say update someone a little closely about your where where it's about, at least that gives a comfort that if anything happened, um, there is someone who know your last whereabout. So that is just for like, just in case. So of course, we do not want anything bad to happen to any one of us. So yes, those are my sharing. I will be doing a solo trip in around April, May. A different kind of solo trip. It's going to be solo trip, but I'm going to meet quite a number of people along the way, just reconnect with friends. Um, I'm very excited about it. There will be a little bit of solo traveling component. Haven't thought too much or too deeply about it. I might explore couch surfing again. But yes, I really do miss my solo traveling trips. I'm really glad I went ahead and just did, did it. It's definitely not the safest. Um, I definitely have put myself in unnecessary, uncomfortable situation. But I've learned so much. Like I've learned so much practical experience during those trips. And it has become like very epic, very memorable, 
very beautiful experience and memories that I have with me. Of course, took a lot of picture. So yes, I definitely treasure solo, my solo traveling experience. And if you have the chance to go or you are thinking about solo traveling, and of course, provided you're comfortable with it, some people just know that solo traveling is not their thing. They really appreciate companionship. But if it's something that you are somehow interested in, I would say just do it. Um, do your due diligence, but just do it because it's just very rewarding. Definitely for me, very rewarding. Do try it. Choose a country that you are very comfortable in or you're quite comfortable in to do it. It can be a country where you speak the language or it can be a city travel as well because I think I started my solo traveling trip in Sydney. So I did spend four days, three nights in Sydney when my first or second year of uni and for that four days I was just alone exploring a lot of places. So I think that was like a kickstart. Start with somewhere easy that is city-based where I speak English. So that kind of helps. So yes, and with that, we have come to an end of the episode. I hope this storytelling session kind of just give you a glimpse in terms of like my kind of solo traveling experience. I hope it's entertaining in some ways. I hope you share you some tips about good parts, the not so good parts, about some tips about solo traveling as well. It's definitely something, something that I truly, truly treasure. And I can't wait to go back to see my albums uh, or some days sometimes I do that just to like remember what I've gone through just the bad the albums that I have and I really can't wait for my next trip so that I get to like travel for the first time after three years of pandemic okay all right you have a good day whether you're listening to this episode thank you see you next episode bye Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to this episode and for spending time with me on the Arrow Project Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you are keeping up well. I always appreciate comments and feedback. And if you have a topic you would like me to talk about or better still, be a guest in my podcast, do reach out to me. I'm on Instagram where my handle is at the Arrow Project and my website is www.theanroproject.com. If you have not already, please follow me on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify channels for new episodes. See you next time. Bye!